This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. You're listening to Shattered Soulstone, episode number nine, at least two titles. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash Diablo. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Shattered Soulstone is now found on Stitcher Radio. Go to stitcher.com slash soulstone. That's S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R dot com slash soulstone, all one word. Register with the promo code soulstone to be entered to win a $100 prize and you will automatically add Shattered Soulstone to your favorites when you install the app on your smartphone. That's stitcher.com slash soulstone. You have quite a treasure there in that Horodric cube. From the far reaches and burning depths of sanctuary comes Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo podcast. It's beginning to feel like some great evil is permeating the air around here. Now, your hosts, Nevik, Breja, and Jen. Stay a while and listen. Welcome to episode number 9 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. It is Saturday, February 11th, and I am your host, Nevik, and I am joined by my two co-choys from the proverbial Dawnforge pouch. Brasia, how's your new job? Hey, it's going great. It's been a long week, that's for sure. Uh, so not as much time gaming as I'd like, but I did catch most of the news that happened this week. Wait, there was some news? <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, not really. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Diablo's coming out in... Oh, uh, yeah. Soon Soonish. Ish. Yeah. <laughs> And Jen, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. I finally got the Book of Cain, so I'm pretty happy. And the smell? It smells like paper I used to use when I was an art student. It's almost like Arch's paper, if that makes any sense to anyone listening. That that sounds vaguely familiar. Mm-hmm. It smells like Arch's, after it's been sitting for a while. Oh, and Epsana um, sent me a tweet. She said that, you know, we were asking her to report on what the Book of Cain smelled like. Uh-huh. She said it smells old. <laughs> so there's a report. <laughs> yeah, I think she thought she was in a little bit of trouble after episode eight. Oh, no, we're just playing around. She's not in trouble. Oh, yes, she is. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course you're not in trouble, Epsana. You're awesome. But so we, we have quite a bit to go through tonight. So let's get on with the show. Um, we'll kick it off with, uh, if you listen to our last, last recording of the gaming night number two, I kind of slipped in there a little thing about our new contest. And if you've been paying attention to the blog, you already know about it, but let's talk about it right now. Our contest is called is Valentine's for Diablo. And I mean, obviously it's, it's the month of love. So of course we're going to do a Valentine's related contest. And it's pretty simple. Everything's going to be done on Twitter. It is a judged contest. And all you have to do is come up with a witty or funny Valentine befitting for the Diablo universe or for the Lord of Terror himself. And include the hashtag VD, the number four, Diablo. And the contest runs through February 29th. You know, it is a leap year. And it 
closes at 11.22 and 33 seconds p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Don't ask me why I picked that time, I just thought it was humorous. So, But you're probably wondering what the three prizes are. And actually, you didn't know what the three prizes were going to be until I just said that. <laughs> it's This is going to be one of those nights for me, I, I can tell already. I think so, we're all kind of tired tonight, so just bear with us. I don't know what you're talking about. I've had a I've had a pot of coffee. I should be talking really fast. Oh wait, okay. I am. You need a second one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, we are giving away three prizes. Uh, we had a second 15th anniversary music CD, so we're going to be giving away one of those. We also have a Diablo Nightlight to give away, as well as a 2012 calendar for Diablo 3. So it's pretty cool, right? I think it's I great. Think it's awesome. The wall calendar, I've got the wall calendar. Not the one we're giving away, mind you, but um, I have my own sitting here next to me, and the art on it is just phenomenal. I'm very happy with the calendar that I bought as well. Now, this contest will unfortunately be limited to North American, preferably U.S. listeners, but if, you know, if somebody comes up with a, you know, a tweet that's just or valentine that's just way too awesome you know we'll, we'll figure something out if you live across the pond or something so don't fret if you don't live in the united states or the hat of the united states sorry sorry <laughs> canadians <laughs> the hat okay that'll do <laughs> and so we had our second gaming night and that's where it drops the bomb on this and brejo unfortunately you couldn't make it your son was sick yeah, you're feeling much better, though. Yeah. Oh, good, good. That's good to hear. Did you get a chance to listen to the recording? Uh, unfortunately, no. It's been that kind of a week. Not very much <laughs> time for breathing re recently. But uh, it's going to open back up. Won't well, have any good. more car troubles and things like that to deal with, too. Oh, car troubles. That's never <laughs> fun. But Jen joined us, and we, we had a lot of fun. It was really fun. Yeah, we... I actually got in the game this time, which, you know, I didn't manage the previous time, so... Yeah. Yeah. Have you figured out your whole mouse situation, or maybe use mumble open mic? I haven't had a chance yet. <laughs> I really haven't. I've had extra writing work dropped on me this week in kind of a last-minute thing, which usually I'm like, yay, that's awesome, you know, that's what I want, but it kind of prevented me from having some time to play that, which means probably that, you know, the character that I created for game night is gone, poof, goodbye, because I didn't go back and get those two hours of time in. Well, you, you, if I recall correctly, you didn't get very far, so... It's... No, not at all. It won't be hard to make up at all. Yeah, it's not a big loss. So, yes, our third gaming night will be coming up. Uh, stay tuned to Twitter, because... I don't have a specific time in mind yet, but it will happen soon. Oh, and that reminds me, actually, uh, I spent some time after our gaming night playing with my singing barb, and I got—I think I got him to level 14. But uh, man, it's it's difficult going back and playing normal and not having all your abilities. And, oh, it's, but anyways, I digress. So <laughs> we do have some emails this week, so. We have an email from Ritar. Chen, would you like to read that one? Sure. Ritar writes, and hello again. Because he writes to us a lot. We like that. He continues with, we would just like to thank you for being one of the best podcasts out there. So keep up the good work. Thanks, Ritar. We always like the positive feedback. It's always nice. Thanks, Ritar. Uh, Ritar continues with, 
So what I want to share with you guys is the small experience I had with the Demon Hunter. I've been playing through the beta at a friend's house as a Demon Hunter and was really excited about the grenades and stuff, but I found it kind of dull and not as effective as, an, as a barbarian, and then he writes blah, or sorcerer, do you guys still call them that? Well, I've only played... <laughs> well, we've been saying sorceress, haven't we? Yeah. Well, but sorcerer is right, too. Yeah, they're, they're not wizards, forget that. <laughs> he goes on to say I have only played a few hours but my friend who plays an hour or two each day found it kind of the same so if they ain't planning any larger changes I guess I'll have to find another class that would suit my playstyle. so for a player who has played a druid tank for the last five years in World of Warcraft what class would you recommend for a lost paladin soul like me kind regards Ratar the Swede that's you didn't like the button. demon hunter? Aww. <laughs> I'm having fun with it. Yeah, I was just about to ask, what what do you think of the demon hunter, Jen? I think it's really cool. I love the firepower on it. You, know, you get that rapid fire and you're all good to go. Um, and that's exactly what I was looking for. I've also been playing, um, I've rolled a sorceress and a um, witch doctor. And I find some things I like in there too. I'm working my way through it as I, as I can with the beta, but... I'm enjoying the Demon Hunter, but if you don't want to play one, Ratar, that's okay. But I'm sure we can find you something else. Basically, I, I don't know if Demon Hunter, or I mean Demon Hunter, the Witch Doctor would be up his alley. Probably not. Could probably go with the Monk. I mean, not exactly like a Druid, but, you know. Or you could play as a Barbarian and smell as bad as a Druid. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that there's anything that really equates to a Druid. No. Diablo. Not exactly. The closest thing I could think of was the monk itself. And the only reason why I'm saying that is not a bear druid, but like a cat druid. Um, the quick attacks and kind of having to manage uh, multiple resource because it's what the... Um, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of something else. No, I'm sorry. I was thinking of the um, demon hunter. That's the... Yep, that's how it's going tonight. Um... <laughs> Oh, no. no, but the, the fact that it's quick strikes, it's, uh, you know, um, Gets burst the damage. All yeah, the exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there really isn't a, you know, druid type or even a paladin type like he's used to. The closest you're going to get is dealing with either the quick attacks of a melee that you get with the monk, or you're going to do with the power and strength of the uh, barbarian. And it doesn't really seem like there's much else right now. Not saying that they wouldn't do that in the expansion, but yeah, I'd say I mean if he preferred melee, that's probably his two best bets. Ritar, I I know I've been, you know, really down on the barbarian, but you know, I, I'm just gonna clue everybody in. I don't really hate barbarians. It's just an act. It's just fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's just <laughs> for flavor fun. to the show, you know. But uh, yeah. I, you know, I I actually think probably give the Barbarian another shot, because I know a lot of people are having a lot of fun with the Barbarian in Diablo 3. Um, basically, uh, Matthew Rossi, you know, he's all about warriors, and in World of Warcraft, that is, and he absolutely loves the Barbarian. In fact, he thinks that the Barbarian plays like the war plays better than the warrior does in World of Warcraft. So, I just rolled a Barbarian the other night. Well, I guess it'd be this morning. Like, two in the morning um i <laughs> just started playing her and first of all i like that she's like this huge gargantuan woman that looks like a warrior that's very cool you know i like that um i do have a warrior in 
World of Warcraft that I haven't played very much. Does she have green skin? She does not have green skin. <laughs> That's the wrong game. <laughs> well, she's not She-Hulk? Oh, no, not at all. That might be the wrong game, too. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, no, she's not. She's just big. She, like, towers over some of the NPCs. It's kind of neat. But, yeah, but where I was going with that is I've just started playing her, but I like the way it functions better than the way the warrior functions in WoW, so I can see where he's getting at with that. Maybe, Ritara, just give the Barbarian another shot. You, you don't have to hate them as I do, even though I don't really. So anyways, we, we have another email. Uh, this one is from Amatos, and first, I want to apologize for Amatos. I, I feel like, especially after listening back to the, to episode 8, I, I was a little harsh. Just, just a little. Just a, just a little. <laughs> just a tad. But he sent us a follow-up email, and I, I really appreciate the fact that he took the time to send us up a follow-up email. But here is what he has to say. Dearest Nevik, I am already invested in the Diablo series, so no matter what, I will be getting it at launch, despite my view of Blizzard and its practices. This wouldn't be any different than a person loving a certain product and disagreeing with the way it was made or who produced it. Names that come to the mind come to mind off the top of my head are Michael Jackson, McDonald's, Foxconn, and he puts in parentheses because I don't know how many people would actually know this, that uh, Foxconn is the Xbox factory and they and they've been having lots of suicides with their employees, but anyways, etc. We will still buy things from many businesses and people we wouldn't otherwise associate ourselves with, save the fact that they have something we want and are willing to part with our money to get it. So in a sense, any currency-based society is hypocritical as a whole since we vote with our money. And I'm just going to stop for a second and say, yes, we, we are all hypocrites, basically. I'm no different. I'm definitely a hypocrite. So I'm really particular about where I'll buy things from. Yeah. But oh. I don't so, think a lot of people are like that. Like, I cannot stand the policies that Walmart does. I don't like the way they treat their workers or how they do business with other companies, and I won't shop there. Yeah, well, that's true. I won't shop at Walmart, and I have huge reservations about giving Microsoft any more money after... After my 360 has had so many problems. But anyways, that's that's a different topic altogether. But anyways, he continues on. This idea that giving money to someone for products or services as being in agreement in the way that they do things is a corporate viewpoint, not my own. You may give spare change to a beggar, but that doesn't mean you agree with how that person makes decisions or lives their life, does it? Well, typically I don't give beggars my money, but because, you know, typically they just... Uh, you know, I'm not even going to go there. Yeah, I could probably... I know where you're going. I live in yeah. California, too. So, um, <laughs> let's just leave that be. Yeah, so he continues. I may have seemed a little hysterical in my last email. Just a little bit. Just a little. But he's not Let alone. Let me clarify. <laughs> <laughs> I go about my day generally happy. Well, that's good. I, w I was afraid when he said that he was a broken shell of a... Or something... Empty shell Broken of, shell of a man or empty yeah, shell of a man. Yeah, something As like a that. result, I was, aw. Yeah, I was a little concerned after that, but I don't stew constantly over Diablo or Blizzard or any other game for that matter. When I say I am a broken, empty shell of a man over the delays of this game, I am being ironical and excessive. I have a life, despite the fanboy rage that every now and then shoots out of my fingertips into the occasional email. I tend to strike when the iron is hot pertaining to responses, 
and my last email was not an exception. I suppose I could have waited a day before sending you my initial impressions, but then it wouldn't have been as biting as the feeling I had when I read Jay Wilson's article. I am no way minimizing the enormity of Jay's responsibilities and very much respect the position he occupies. However, assuming I will be hypnotized by whatever Blizzard offers me is not a huge oversight on their part. It's that pay no attention to the man behind the curtain philosophy that really sticks in my craw. I do not like WoW or Stork or Storecraft. Storecraft? <laughs> oh my. New Blizzard store. <laughs> Starcraft. Well, in a way, that's all right. Yeah, Starcraft. So Blizzard has only got on base once in three at bats, and calling the game on account of rain is not outside of the realm of possibilities. I don't, I don't know what exactly where he's going with that analogy, but I can just assume that maybe he's fearful that Diablo three will never come out, and I think we're all a little afraid of that. <laughs> No, no, it will. It it will come out. It's got to. It's got to. It'll, it'll come out. No, it's just that he's saying that he only likes one of three of their products, and, you know, yeah. if he doesn't like this, he's not going to support any of the other ones anyways. It doesn't really make a difference. He continues on with, I respectfully disagree with your defense of Blizzard in that it isn't money-grubbing, as you put it. If this were true, if they truly weren't in it to make oodles of cash... Then why in the real money auction house is there a fee to post, a fee to sell, and a fee to cash out? This system may prove to become more lucrative than any of us can imagine. In any case, the point I was attempting to get across was that since Blizzard has so much money coming in, they don't have to heed to its customers or heed to its customer base as much or struggle under budget constraints like most game developers such as Runic Games where they are looking to pump out Torchlight 2 not even three years after the series debut, the quality of Torchlight 2 may very well be just as good as any Blizzard game in all of the hands of a staff that is a fraction the size of Blizzard. I guess I just find the constant delays and major changes by such a large and wealthy company so perplexing that it defies logic and makes my brain hurt. He finishes off thumbs up, Brazia, for softening the blow. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Amatos. I'm. I'm just gonna say I. I will agree to disagree with some of some of your opinions, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you're more than welcome to feel that way. And I don't completely disagree mm-hmm. with everything that you say, but there there are certain things where I I think you're just taking it a little too far. For example, um, mainly you have two different main things that that you're that you're upset about the real money auction house now there, there's a fee to post a fee to sell but there's the, the fee to cash out is just because you know they're basically giving you cash for a virtual item so they have to are you saying i'm sorry to interrupt but are you trying to say that that cash out fee is like the uh someone at one point thought that that was the fee that PayPal would charge? Is that what you mean? Or do you think it's something inherent within the game? There's four charges. Um, if you if you want to do the cash out, like real cash to your PayPal account, you'll have the fee to post, which there will be a certain number of postings that you can put up per week for free. So, you know, that, and that's a net, that's a really small fee. I 
remember seeing it like at 15 cents. That sounds about right, because right now the uh, Real Money Auction House is not accessible in the beta, but it was a couple of patches ago, mm -hmm. and I put something into the Real Money Auction House just to see how it worked, and I put it up for... Now, they start you out in the beta with 50... I'm going to call them beta bucks, because they're not real and they're not going to exist after you know the beta's done. They're just to kind of play around with and get used to the auction house. So you start with 50. I put in um, an item, and I decided to start it off at, you know five bucks just to just to see what happens the listing fee was 15 cents and the transaction fee was 65 cents and the item didn't end up selling so i didn't get end up i didn't end up getting charged for any of that in there now since then in the beta they've uh disabled access to the auction house so i don't know if they're making changes on that or what but that was like three patches ago before they wiped the characters let me take a step back let's not think about the actual amounts of these fees because that's it holds no weight in the argument that I'm about to pose these fees are only there because they do want to make some money for offering a service to where you can get money yourself whether virtual money that you can then use in your blizzard wallet it's or battlenet wallet whatever it's called or cash out to your paypal account you know and actually get real money, I mean actual, you know, hard-earned cash for a virtual item. Now, if you don't see the reason for a fee on that, then there are certain legal things, <laughs> that, and ma many of which I am not well-versed in, but needless to say, those fees have to be there. They need to be there because if they just offered this, you know, just whatever, you know, we're, we're not going to charge you anything except for maybe a closing fee, then they won't make any money. For, furthermore, it will also cause a lot of problems with abuse of the real money auction house. And you'll you'll get people, and I don't really want to throw somebody under the bus, but you'll you'll get you'll get certain people who really know how to work an auction house. You know, just pulling in tons and tons and tons of money because they'll know how to flip stuff. And if there's no fees associated that with that, that's just more money lining their pockets. So how is that fair to Blizzard for offering something and not getting anything in return for it in terms of something where there's monetary values attached with what's going out of their system? So that that's basically, you know, what I'm thinking about it. You know, it's, it's more than fair. Now that fourth charge that I mentioned earlier, there is a charge that PayPal will actually charge you. But it sounds like you can avoid that if you don't want to cash it out to real hard-earned cash, as you've been saying. Like, if you keep it as a, I don't know, Battle.net wallet or something, maybe you avoid that? Yeah. Okay. If you keep it in your wallet, then there's only two, char two charges. One of which, probably, you know, if you're, if you're only doing a few postings a week, then you're not going to get charged that initial, you know, posting fee. You'll just get that small fee, you know, once the auction closes and you sell your item and that's it you know it's not not a big deal I, I don't understand why people are freaking out over the real money auction house the main reason that they put it in there is for folks like our good friend Lantonio who are doing things you know kind of on that gray or in some cases black market where in Diablo 2 people are you know getting scammed or getting their credit card information stolen you know that that, that's why the real money auction house exists in the first place, is to deal with that thing. 
basically to take it a step further, the reason why they're implementing the cost for it, um, and they've said this themselves, is one, to provide that secure atmosphere in which players can buy and sell virtual items. Two, these are virtual items that are created. You're going to make money off of somebody else's intellectual property, which has happened to be Blizzard and Diablo. So they have every right to make a charge for that. Another thing is they also need to charge something, some small amount, like they're doing the 15 cents to post, because this is taking up maintenance of server space just to have information out there. You know, whatever it is, the items that are going to be listed, the money that's going, or the gold that's going to be posted up there that you can purchase. So if they don't want you to do that, then they won't charge money at all. But the idea is they're going to charge that money to help defray the cost of what they need to do to provide that atmosphere for people to purchase virtual items. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, if you, I mean, let's just take the only other one that they have that they can take a model off of. It's from World of Warcraft. You go to any server and you post an item, you're going to have a, you know, based on whatever the worth, the value of that item is, and it's not, it's going to work this way in Diablo, but um, let's say you have some sort of epic item, you throw it up there and for 24 hours and it costs you 10 gold in game to do that. Well, just by having that up there, yeah, you're going to have a certain group of people that are going to look for it, obviously people who have the money for it. If you don't have some sort of barrier, even if it's that little 15 cents that people look at and say, hey, I'm going to lose 15 cents if, I, nobody, if nobody buys this item, well then, and you're walking around um, all of Diablo picking up all these items, people just throw junk up there all day. And yeah, you'll get some people who just kind of look through quickly in the auction house you might get that person that'll buy a pair of white boots that you picked up for ten dollars not thinking straight or whatever reason they scan something in their auction house and see oh hey I thought you know I think I'm clicking on that one but uh, people make mistakes all the time but the idea is they want to have that barrier so you're not flooding the auction house with a bunch of junk and then not having some sort of penalty they want you to at least you know, when you're going to post something up there, think to yourself, okay, well, if I don't sell this item, it's going to hit my wallet directly. So there is the gold auction house for Diablo so that you can do that. You can put whatever you want. And if you think that you have an item that you pick up that's really valuable enough to want to sell, then, yeah, throw it up there. And if it doesn't sell, then you lose only 15 cents. But if it does sell, then you get 65 cents out of it. So there is a floor now items on there as well because you're not going to want to sell something for 66 cents that's true and so you're not going to want to get into a bidding war with people over items so if you're up there with um even if it's a level 10 uh blue item that you would sell for a dollar well you know maybe 10 other people throw up different amounts too and it gets down to like 50 cents well then you even if you sell it you lost money you don't want to do that. And that they're trying to make it not be so gamble-like in its atmosphere. And I think that's the reason why they, they they do want to do it. They do want to make money off of this. And Amatus is absolutely right. Um, this is probably going to make more money than anybody's thinking of. But if you look at... And that's fine. What, What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong done. with that. <laughs> no, it's nothing wrong at all. I mean, they're a business. They're in to make money. If they don't make money 
products don't get produced later on. Yeah. And I think we'll probably talk about this a little bit more, but I do want to talk a little bit about the investor call and kind of where they're heading because Diablo's turned into a result of, I think, their Activision Blizzard philosophy on how games should be made now. Mm. Interesting. And it's not just, you know, you don't just make a game for it to be out. Like, um, the whole model of, okay, we're going to make Super Mario Brothers and play it on your console and that's it. Those days are way over. And just about, if you look at every single game that Activision Blizzard is trying to produce and send out in the next year or two, it is a, what they call even a pipeline, which means not just something that's going to, you, bu- you buy it at the store, you bring it home, you load it on, and it's over. They want you to be involved in the game further. Yeah. You know, whether through Battle.net or whatever it might be. Call of Duty does the same similar um, idea now, too. And it could be a lot worse. But let, let me just mm-hmm. let me just throw it out there right there, right now, that if Blizzard really, really wanted to rake rake its customers of all of its excess cash, all they have to do is keep you know throwing virtual pets and virtual amounts up on the Blizzard store, you know, mm-hmm. and they people will yeah, buy them. <laughs> and they they yep. basically whenever they do that, they make a ton of money, you know, really really mm-hmm. fast. And the reason why they do that is because occasionally they they need that influx of cash to work on something else, you know, or, you know, it's it's a good thing that they're making money because if they don't make money, we don't get the games. Or they come out a lot worse than they should, you know. And Blizzard, even though they're not, n- nobody can produce bug-free games, but, you know, Blizzard mm-hmm. likes to polish and polish and polish. And... That this kind of pulls into his other reason, you know, with Jay Wilson, you know, all of a sudden deciding, all right, we need to cut some stuff. But before I go on to a diatribe on that, we actually have an email <laughs> from our good friend Smokemus that, you know, kind of sheds, sheds light on what some of these changes could actually, you know, mean in, well, Brasia, you take it away with Smokemus' email. Hey, Jen, Nevik, and Brasia. I truly enjoy your show and the conversations you have. A quick point, a few points on episode 8. First, I think a good bit of frustration the Diablo fan base is having is born out of desire to play the game and many lacks of perspective or maturity needed to understand that Blizzard wants the game to come out as much as they do. But Blizzard needs the game to be exceptional and not just good. In order for the game to be successful as Blizzard needs it to be, it will have to appeal to a much broader range of players than the current hardcore Diablo community. It is the reason for any perceived catering to the casual player. There will be plenty of opportunity for the dedicated player to expose his or her EP. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Definitely. You know what that is. <laughs> yeah, there'll be a link. I'll find it. At the end of the day, though, there, uh, if there is a choice that needs to be made between very small minority of hardcore players or the much larger community of casual gamers, Blizzard would come down on the side of the casuals as it is, there, is where their money is. That is not greed, that is life. And also, Jay Wilson said at BlizzCon, we want to take casual players and turn them into hardcore players. Mm-hmm. Enough said, right there. Uh, Smoke and goes on to say, I would be more worried about Blizzard making announcements regarding 
the addition of new functions and systems versus taking systems out if I wanted the game to come out sooner. I think the removal of some systems is an indication of the game getting ready for launch and not further delays. I believe that there was a CM or developer that mentioned that they were taking these function systems out as they weren't polished enough, but they could come back in a patch post-release. Uh, he goes, he's too lazy to busy to find out the quote. Don't worry about it. Oh, I totally should have read that and looked for it myself. I'm sorry, <laughs> Smokeness, I failed to. No, no, I know if exactly. If I find it, I'll put it in the show notes, too, but, uh -huh. um, yeah. And but I remember hearing it. Oh, yeah, no, I remember it, too. <laughs> Finally, after you recorded the, your last Blizz, uh, podcast, Blizzard announced 100,000 new beta invites. Mm -hmm. It looks to me like this is the beginning of the stress test phase. And I wouldn't be all surprised to have a release date announced soon-ish. <laughs> Nevik or Brady, <laughs> did you get uh, one of these invites? Alan Nevik, did you? Did did they do do these things called beta invites exist? They're they're a myth, right? They are. Yeah, they're they're a myth. I'm spending lots and lots of time <laughs> on. No. <laughs> I must have a great no, imagination. No, I didn't get an invite. <laughs> but that's fine. No, I I got a tweet. Too, and oh, I should have wrote down. It was uh, it was nice to, l to let me know about it, and I uh, just I went logging on to mine and my son's account, and nope, neither one of us got one. <laughs> I know. It was so, so sad. And usually he's the lucky one, so <laughs> I figured he would have gotten it. No, I just uh, I know I didn't get one, and, and that's okay. I keep uh, watching other people play and, and drooling over it, <laughs> so I can live with that <laughs> for now. <laughs> well, I if. If I had the beta right now, I would not be playing Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning, so I'm actually kind of happy that I don't have a beta invite right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Smokemus makes a good point, and I can, I, it didn't even dawn on me, the, the logic of this. When you're getting ready to, you know, get something out the door, you definitely don't want to add things you start taking things out that don't make sense, you know, that aren't quite ready. So you take things out so you can work on them, you know, after the game goes gold and they get ready for a patch, you know. So mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense. Now, it does they were aiming for a quarter well, they they've aimed for a lot of quarters <laughs> over the past couple of years, but you know, they after after uh, Mike Morheim said that, oh no, we're we're not gonna make it for Christmas then then it was like, alright, quarter one. And then now it's slipped to quarter two, but that's fine, as long as it doesn't slip to quarter three. <laughs> as long as it doesn't slip again, I'm I'll be okay. I think. Yeah, no. If it slips again, I think a lot of people are going to be really upset at you know the direction that was taking. If it starts you know missing again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they already got a small uh, revolt going on in the community as it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, as long as they get it out by June. I'll be happy because then when I buy the collector's edition, uh, you know, that four months against my annual pass, you know, will, you know, take me up to October and, and finish my annual pass commitment. So as long as they get it out by June, I'll be, I'll be more than happy. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. It's one way and to think of it. And it'll also make a perfect birthday present for my wife. Ah, there you go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, I just want to, um, before we uh, go any further, the, 
the announcement of the 100,000 beta invite, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Johnny Gall for trying to let uh, Nevik and I know that uh, they were sent out. I was off at work at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so thanks for letting me know so I could go and check on it as soon as I got home. <laughs> yeah. I was unfortunately not lucky enough. Yeah. Yeah, I checked. But it probably gave you something to look forward to all day at work, right? Yeah. But uh, I, I also know that um, from what I've been hearing from people who have been, like, you know, obviously, you know, people who have gone through things with, uh, in YouTube and other Diablo sites and stuff that have been playing since the beginning, they actually are liking a lot of the changes that we talked about um, in the last episode uh, with Jay Wilson having, you know, mentioned, okay, these are things we need to change and what we're doing. And it seems like uh, for gameplay mechanics, uh, people who have been playing since almost the beginning of the beta says um, these are really some good changes in the end. That's good to hear. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, like the idea, we thought, well, maybe they're, um, you know, people were used to using a Nephilim cube and stuff like uh, uh, how that actually helped to build up what you needed for enchanting supplies or, um, uh, sorry, for your blacksmith. And they're saying it actually seems to be better now because you're not collecting a whole bunch of junk. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you don't want it, you don't pick it up and sell it. Um, and it seems to also have made gold seem to be a little more important because you're actually running out of gold trying to level up stuff. When before, you could just buy, sell, sell, buy, 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 you know? Yeah, before it was crazy, before they took that mm -hmm. out, you know? Which, I mean, I was enjoying it at the time, I'll admit that. But, you know, you go through the dungeon and your bag's all full and you just start using that Nephilim cube and, you know, get rid of stuff and turn it into materials for your blacksmith and you're all good. You can, like, do it indefinitely, you know? And you burn through a lot of stuff real quick and you go through the dungeon real quick. And I thought I would really not like the absence of the Nephilim cube, but it's working in the game pretty well. As you said, it does make you think more about what are you going to pick up. Um, it makes gold, mm -hmm. you know, that much more valuable because you don't have this glut of stuff, you know. Um, yeah, there's some other changes too that, that are working. Good. That's kind of what I'm getting from a lot of people in the community, including the Howard course. <laughs> Before we continue, I did want to mention our sponsor. We are sponsored by Audible. And you can go to audibletrial.com slash Diablo for a free 14-day trial, which will get you a one-book credit, so you can download a book and listen to it and have no commitment. But if you do continue your your subscription past that 14 days, it will be $7.95 per month for the first three months and then $14.95 per month thereafter. And each month, you get one book credit per... per yeah, I'm being redundant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay so go to audibletrial.com slash Diablo and get your free 14 day trial so since we're talking about books Jen you finished reading the third book of the Sin War I did I finally uh, finally finished the trilogy and I wrote a little review of it for the blog which I'll link to in the show notes too if anybody happened to miss that and wants to check it out it's um it's definitely you know it's the third part of the trilogy so you got to read the first two first I think most people would know that but just in case don't jump into this one you won't know what's going on it didn't go the way I expected really not at all yeah you know it's leading up like you start off this one and you've still got that main character Odysseus and he's definitely leading an army by this point there's no doubt about it and in the previous two books you know by this point he's gotten to a place where he's sort of defeated one group that he was fighting mm -hmm. 
And so you figure, well, there's the other group. That's got to be who he's going after. And it doesn't quite go that way. And they introduce, you know, they introduce the mage clans in this one. Oh. They hadn't really been said previous at all, but now you've got the mage clans kind of being involved, and it adds a whole nother level to, like, the political sort of uh, machinations going on behind the scenes with different things and the power structures. So I didn't see that coming. That was kind of different. That is cool. Yeah, and I'm trying not to give anything away. Yeah. It's really yeah, it's, hard. It's the third book. Um, <laughs> It's the third book. It does have a definitive ending. You know, you get to the end and uh, you kind of go, okay, it's tied in, this, that, and the other that hadn't been resolved. It was not the ending I expected to see. Oh, that's really good. Not at all. You know, I didn't expect it to go the way that it did. I don't want to say exactly what it was because then, you know, <laughs> are you going to read the book? But it had an endpoint and I kind of went, oh, okay. So that's kind of different, you know. Um, it still is the main characters from the beginning of the book. The uh, the group that came out, let's see, Odysseus and Mendel and his brother, um, who's, who's kind of, you know, got his own special powers. He's still there, too. And he's become a bigger and bigger character as the series goes on, so you get a lot with him. And it's it, the whole thing is very epic. Like, the characters know that they are at, you know... They're at the apex of a huge battle that's either going to save or destroy Sanctuary. They know this, and so you can kind of guess, you know, everything is so important, and there's a lot of battles, and they're very detailed, and I highly recommend it, and I don't want to give any, you know, away any spoilers as I talk yeah. about it, but yeah, it's, it's really cool, and when you get to the end, um, the, the book started off where there's this little sort of prologue, and it's written by a character whose name you don't recognize from the series at all, you get to the end, if you go back and read that, it makes a whole lot more sense. I'll oh, that's that neat. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That is neat. I enjoyed it, even though I didn't I didn't see the ending coming, and it, it really wasn't what I expected at all, but um, I enjoyed it. It works. It fits. It, it works well with the book. It wasn't one where I went, oh, well, that happened? You know, it wasn't like that. I just didn't see it coming. And I like books where I can't predict the ending. Otherwise, it's no fun. Exactly. Those make the best books. Mm-hmm. Now, did it leave you wanting more, or, is it, or did it wrap things up in a nice, neat little bow to where you're satisfied with how it, how it finished? For the most part, I'm satisfied with how it finished, but there are some little things in there that make me think that one character especially might easily be placed into future stories. Mm-hmm. And I'd really like to see that, but I don't have any evidence that that's occurring. Yeah, so that's, that's awesome. I I still need to oh, I still need to read the entire trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> it's I highly I, I have all three books. It's I have a lot of fun. all three of them and I just I yeah. Um You just need time mm-hmm. to read, yeah. that's all. It's difficult yes. with mm-hmm. with a little deathy running around trying to break down doors. Yeah, I would imagine. See, that's my advantage. I don't have any kids, so that allows me some time and, you know. There are kids around you. According to your tweets. <laughs> oh yeah, they live there's yeah. I'm in a mobile home park, so everybody's living very close to each other, and nothing is very soundproof. And there's these little children living next door that I think their mom puts them out to play every day because they've gone crazy because they scream and they run around and it's just. I do send up little tweets if you if anybody wants to follow that. I'm at Queen of Haiku on Twitter, and you know I'll comment on the odd things I hear from the window. Like, the other day, I swear one of the toddlers was calling her friend Arthas. <laughs> I was a little disturbed, you know? That's awesome. I'm, I'm always amused Arpin. when you talk about the kids in, in the neighborhood. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, so okay. Um, there, there was a little bit of news. Let's talk about the investors' call. Brazia, what did you, what did you think of the information that came out of it? I uh, decided today that I was going to listen to the whole thing on my own again, not get everybody else's opinion, or you know, look on the Twitter. I looked at some of the forum, and there was some posts on there. And believe me, people are just blowing up all over the place on this. You got to understand when companies put together these investor calls. They're not looking to talk to gamers. Nope. Because you're the con you're the consumer. You're not the person investing in the company. You're not the person who's willing to shell out thousands of dollars on hopes that they can create something that's going to give you a dividend in the end. You're the person that's going to go in there and say, okay, when is my game so I can buy it and play it? Right. What I got out of it is really interesting. As Activision and Blizzard at a, as a whole have come up with a business system of their games. You can say, yeah, other companies are doing this, and other companies are trying this, but none of them are doing it the way that I think Activision Blizzard is really strongly holding on to it. A lot of games out there, or game companies, they want to produce that game that kind of put them in the league of the game companies that, you know, oh, hey, you know, this company produces great games, mm -hmm. and, you know, we want to be just like that. Um, Activision Blizzard, they don't have to do that. They already have proven games that they, you know, people know around the world buy these games. You know, Call of Duty, you know, World yeah, of Call Warcraft. Call of Duty and its, its yearly iterations. <laughs> yeah, but that's why that's where they're going. That's exactly kind of where I'm about to lead to. It's the fact that if you listen to them closely, what they're saying is everything they want to do is they create a pipeline, which is an ongoing game involvement with their consumers. Uh, not something where you go, you plug the game in, and you play for it for an hour or two, and then you shut it off and you don't come back for a couple weeks or a month. Mm -hmm. They want you to be involved. They want you to, because, um, to get involved in the game. And they know that if they can do it by creating systems where you can connect with other people, that the consumers are going to want to come back more and more. That's why they have what they announced with 50 million people on various uh, online platforms that they already have in existence. You know, like the Battle.net, like Xbox Live with those games. Uh, when it comes specifically at looking at Diablo 3, when Mike Morheim comes on and talks, um, he is uh, like basically the third person to say that Blizzard is looking to release at least two titles this year. Um, people are saying, oh god, I don't know which game is it not going to be because they're supposed to come out with three this year. They're talking to investors. They don't want to overdo it. If they come out again and say, hey, well, you know, we did say we were going to have Diablo last year and, you know, well, we're definitely going to have three games, but what happens if we only get two because of whatever happened with their schedule? They push off games. Well, then investors come back in 2013 and say, what the heck? You promised us two years in a row, X, and you didn't provide it. So we're not going to give you money, or like you hoped we would give you money for investing. Mm -hmm. So that's how you got to look at it from their point of view, what they're trying to say. It's been talked. They know about it. That's the reason why they canceled BlizzCon, the reason why they're focusing on releasing games. Blizzard themselves want to release three games this year. They want to release Mr. Pandaria. They want to release Diablo 3. 
they want to get StarCraft II Heart of the Swarm out. They don't want to push these games off. Do you think that the two that they are most definitely going to get out is Mists of Pandaria and Diablo 3, or do you think that it's possible that Blizzard will pull another Wrath of the Lich King um, <laughs> Ice Crown with uh, Mists of Pandaria? Why, why am I talking about this? this is a Diablo podcast. But, um... <laughs> well, they <affect laughs> well it's, each relative. Other. it's relevant. Yeah, but, um... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, when I when I heard that it was on that they were going to, that they were shooting for two games this year, I was like, oh, I guess Heart of the Swarm's not coming out this year. Because so I was like, certainly it couldn't be Miss that's not going to make it, and certainly it can't be Diablo three that's not going to make it. But that's the thing, though, is you have to you have to understand they never said they're only going to release. They're going to release at least two, which so the, they are going to shoot for more. Was that the actual semantics of what he said? At least two. Bobby Kotak said it, and then Mike Morheim repeated it. Okay, so at least two. Okay, that's that's perfect. Perfect. Yeah. It, so that way, if they don't get all three done, nobody's going to be like you were saying, going, "Well, I'm not giving you money this year. You didn't get the three done you talked about." But if they do get all three done, and they said we're going to get at least two, and they got three, they're going to look really good. Yeah, but hey, Bridget, who's that Kotek person? All right, d- don't don't you mean Darth Kotex? <laughs> Yes, uh, Activision Blizzard. Um, uh, I forgot his title at the moment. Um, but, but basically, he's the first one to come on. He, of the whole um, Activision and Blizzard, um, I think what CEO at this point. He's, uh, yeah, I forget. I forget if he's like the CEO or, but he's he's. But yeah, the umbrella is, company basically is in charge. Yeah. Just a couple of other things that I, I, I noted out of it. You really have to un- listen to what they say. They, they're not going on there just blowing smoke. But what they're doing is they have to be pers- not exact with their words, but they have to not be misleading with their words. So they're going to kind of give things. That's why Mike Morheim says they're going to release Diablo 3 in quarter 2. Mm-hmm. He also followed that up by saying, they're going to be announcing the release schedule in the coming weeks. That, that's oh, good. So there's something to look exactly. for. Exactly. So it may not be released until June, but we should know, he said, in the coming weeks. Now, what's important about that, yeah, oh, sure, I heard something. No, he then also followed up with um, StarCraft Two. More information in the coming months. Ah. So I think they know what their schedule is. But they don't want to release it because they don't have it finalized. But they do have, you know, they're stretching things out a little bit. We already know that World of Warcraft has a big press event coming up in March, the middle of March. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to do that just to say, hey, Mr. Pandaria is coming out this year. No, they're doing that and they're asking lots, all the major news media networks to come and take a look at it because they have a product that they feel is good enough and ready for people to take a look at and to get the word out. Mm-hmm. I think what we're going to do is after that, in the coming weeks, so probably around the same time, maybe just after that, they're going to say, okay, now we're going to tell you when we're going to release Diablo 3. Because Smoky Myth had the right idea of saying, it, don't look at what they're putting in, what, take a look at what they've take, taken out. And the fact that they've got a lot of positive information, Mike Morheim even mentioned it, that 
through the uh, talking with people, through all the information they got from the Diablo beta, they've really fine-tuned the game, and that's what they've spent their time doing. And that's why they've taken things out of the game and not necessarily added new things in. They might have to tweak things so that it looks or it feels different in the game. And most of these changes uh, are a result of, of all their testing, of their feedback they've got from the community who are actually in there testing the game right now. Mm-hmm. So I think that just saying with what I heard from him from his mouth, the way he said it, you know, announcing reschedule in the coming weeks, we're going to hear something within the next month. You know, it could be up to six weeks, but that is a heck of a lot closer, especially if they want to plan out when they're going to do something in the second quarter, because the second quarter is only around the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're almost we're almost there. Mm-hmm. That's true. And then. I think StarCraft 2, I mean, I even got from last year in BlizzCon the idea that they, they have a lot of work they've done. It looks really good uh, for StarCraft 2, but I don't think that they were at that point where they were saying, okay, we're going to release it in the first half of the year. I think they wanted to give themselves enough time. Another thing that was brought up twice was the fact that even though Blizzard failed to produce any new games, in 2011, it was still a record year of gross income for Blizzard. I mean, for a company that doesn't release anything, still you know, had record years in income, even with subscriber losses. Yeah, it's that windfall of cash that's coming in from yep. WoW subscriptions. Exactly. So, you know, there is some, there, even in the company, they know they have themselves a, the ability to do what they're doing that other companies cannot do. And that's why, you know, it's frustrating for gamers who want to sit there and get that game now in their hands. They know it's so close. And I feel the same way. It's like, ah, oh, it's right there. I can touch it. But I can't. And the fact that they have such a, a base of money coming in that they can take the time to do this, which other companies can't do this. Other companies are like, well, you know, we've gone through our, our budget for, you know, development in the game. We're going to have to start making money out of this thing soon or else we're not going to get anything out of it. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they have to push out games. And oftentimes you'll see companies push out games that are not to the point where the developers even wanted it, but they know they need to get the money in order to start do, doing more development. But Blizzard has that luxury of not having to do that. Like they also mentioned the upside of future earnings, Blizzard releases more than two titles in the coming year. As, they, as I mentioned earlier, that they had like a list of five different things when it comes to a couple of them were Call of Duty and, and subscriptions there and game releases like the Skylanders series that they weren't expecting to be a big hit but it was yeah oh Amatos that that's how things could be a lot worse yeah <laughs> <laughs> that whole Skylanders thing is pretty disgusting the fact is that Blizzard they're in that position where if they produce more than two titles then they'll be happy and you know, Activision Blizzard would be very happy, and that, that's kind of where they want to be right now. So I, I really think you know we're going to see, Mr. Uh, you're going to we're going to see Diablo three in the first half of 2011, whenever they decide that's going to be. Then you're going to see Mr. Vandaria. I'm sorry, 2012. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, wait, wait. <laughs> no, it, we're going backwards in time, okay. I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, then you're going to follow it up with uh, Mr. Pandaria in the middle of the year. And the other thing that was striking was 
you know, they talked about how big and how successful the annual WoW subscription is. Well, they only said it was a million people in the West that signed up for it. So while they have 10 million subscribers worldwide, you know, even if you say only a quarter of that is in the West, which is probably not accurate, that means that, like, less than half of the people who played WoW even signed up for an annual pass, but they're still playing WoW anyways, and so they're not going to get Diablo. Well, you know, they I think they took the right gamble in saying, let's slow down the bleeding in WoW, but at the same time, build up Diablo. And, you know, you're going to have a ton of people who are going to play Diablo who are, n are not going to want to play WoW at all. They have no, no desire for WoW or um, StarCraft 2. Yeah. Amateurs brought that point up himself that you know he only cares about Diablo, he doesn't care about the other ones. And Blizzard understands that and they know that. Yeah, and there's plenty of StarCraft players that could care less about WoW or Diablo. Exactly. When you said 2011 and then the whole <laughs> time travel thing, I was thinking, wow, wouldn't it be cool if there was like a Caverns of Time Tristam or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun, but I don't think they would. Be. You know what, though? Maybe they could bring that into uh, BattleNet in the Blizzard Dota. <laughs> <laughs> There's no bronze dragons in Diablo. What am I talking about? <laughs> so, um, the one thing that uh, I remember Bashiok tweeted a little a little while ago that the rune and skill system changes that they talked about in or that Jay mentioned in his article were almost ready to you know they were almost ready to let that information out and let us know what's going on with that so I I can imagine that um, what did they do beta patch 12 already or is or are they still at 11 oh, I've lost track of the numbers I'm not good with numbers anyway I believe they're on 13 yeah I think one of them when it loaded the patch it just said it was fixing um, I can't remember how they worded it. It was something like fixing minor bugs or something like that. And then the next patch said fixing more minor bugs or something like that. However they worded it, it was the same, but more, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I think 13 might be correct. Yeah, I believe that is. And it's just been minor fixes again. It's not overhauls of anything. Right, right. There wasn't really any notes except for, you know, just fixing minor things. Actually, um, what, what I was alluding to, Bastiok a couple nights ago, um, basically said, alright people, send me your questions and I'll answer what I can answer, as long as it's not, when is the game going to be released? So, <laughs> there, there were some good questions that were asked, uh, like uh, somebody asked, any word when the news about the runes will be released? And he said, we're planning that out. It's in and working, not much longer. So, it should be, you know, probably next week, hopefully, that they'll, that they'll let that out. So, that's, that's good so news. we'll see. And yeah. and then it'll be in game in the beta soon after that. So that'll be pretty cool. Yeah, so hopefully we're uh, we're on the home stretch here. Yeah. Well, if they're if they're going to continue to give out a hundred thousand beta keys, you know, every now and then, then obviously they're s starting to ramp things up and stressing the servers out. And also, you know, sometimes it you find really weird bugs when you throw a whole bunch of people into something. So. Yeah, so if they're at that point, they've got to be close. So, 
maybe we don't have to fear that Diablo <laughs> no. 3 won't come out. I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, they, they even mentioned several times that Diablo 3 is the one that is going to make it out this year. Um, you know, I'm in the investor call. Yay. <laughs> it's the one we want. You know, and they even, even Mike Morheim said to release, you know, by quarter two. And so, yeah, they don't want to, uh, unless something completely catastrophic happens that they're going to blow up. I think they're at the point where, yeah, and we're seeing this in their development, that they've put a whole bunch of people out there on the servers to test to see how they are. They've had this thing in beta for months now. Um, obviously, a lot longer than they even wanted to do it, but they had, they did it, and their hope. I think they're going to be happy in the result. Oh, and evidently, Bastiok will be a champion, uh, champion mob in the game. <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> and that the first champion is a barbarian. And oh, I'm sorry. Let let me start this over. Is it true that your first champion is a barbarian and his name is Chuck Norris? Wrong female barbarian named Snoo Snoo. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, Bashiak, oh, you're awesome. Wow. Hadn't thought of that, <laughs> but <laughs> oh, it's great. Nice little reference there. Yeah, well, I'll include a link to uh, <laughs> to the basically the Bashiak Q and A that that was held on Twitter. <laughs> so, uh, Brazia Jen, was there anything else that you wanted to bring up? I think we covered most of it. Yeah, no, we're just, um, you know, hold on to your, your seats, guys. Don't worry. We'll be out here sometime soon. Oh, actually, that, that reminds me. Um, there was a forum post that uh, a veteran, a uh, quote-unquote veteran, but he actually, I, I would say that he's a veteran. Basically, he basically, yeah, basically, basically, <laughs> how many more times can I basically say basically? <laughs> <laughs> well, complexly. Basically. <laughs> uh, this veteran basically went on a <laughs> went on a tirade, but in a very, very, like what, basically kind of a diplomatic. Yes, way. in a very diplomatic way, where he was basically saying, "What are you guys whining about? You know, everything, all these changes that they've made have made the game better." We'll we'll include a link to that as well in the show notes. It's a really good read. I was looking through that earlier. It's very well said. Whether you agree with him or not, the writing's good. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Um, and of course, there's a gazillion comments afterwards about, you know, relating to it that yeah. may or may not be written as well, but the writing that, uh, that he wrote about, uh, you know, from a Diablo II veteran, it's it's a good read. Yeah. Yeah, so read, read the opening post and then just, you know, stop. Don't go any further. That's what I do with everything now. I look at a lot of news stuff for work, and I've learned don't read the comments. No matter what the article's about, don't read the comments. No. <laughs> mm. But uh, I think the only other thing that I, I noticed was uh, there's a lot of talk about you know having that annual subscription, and that you know keep delaying Diablo three. And that somehow trapping the people into staying with WoW. Mm -hmm. Well, if a million people did it, you know, you're not legally binding to do it, to keep it. If you want to stop, you could have stopped at any time playing, you know, playing WoW, and you just wouldn't get a free copy of Diablo. 
And regardless of what ends up happening, yeah. whenever it gets released, you still get a free copy of Diablo 3 if you fulfill your commitment of the one-year annual pass. Now, if you're someone who only plays Diablo 3, it's not going to matter to you. You're not going to not going to purchase it. If you're somebody who's like, oh man, I'm keeping WoW, you know, like, I'm going to play WoW anyways for a year, you know, regardless of what ends up happening, hey, look at that, you got a bonus. You know, a free game of Diablo 3, now you don't have to buy that. Or if you're somebody, I mean, I don't understand where this thinking comes from, and there was even blue posts on it, and similar idea, that if you didn't want to do the year commitment, and you like, if you really don't like uh, WoW that much, but you're just doing it so you can get a free copy of Diablo 3, probably other things you could have done. It's not a trick. It's not a scam. They're not trying to kill you in any way. They're not taking any more money from you. They're just asking you, hey, you know what? Just stay with us. Don't worry. WoW will continue doing what it's going to do. Yeah, Diablo 3 is going to get released when it's going to get released. You know, it's just an extra perk for you. Yeah, and well, a lot of WoW players, well, I shouldn't say a lot, but there's an amount of players that sign up for the annual pass that really don't care about Diablo 3. They signed up for the annual pass because they wanted that Miss of Pandaria beta access. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't want to disappoint all those people who might have actually done that. I mean, they wouldn't actually be listening to this podcast because they don't really care about Diablo. But if they were... <laughs> And and they were they're just doing it for the Mist of Pandaria beta access. That's probably going to be during their stress test. It's not going to be like, oh, you know, as soon as the beta goes live, I get in. No, no, that's no, that that's not possible with that many people. No, no. So yeah, the the friends and family alpha is probably going to start pretty soon, and then the beta closed beta will probably you know start about a month after that. But that won't be the floodgates, people. Just saying, just putting that out there. It'll be kind of like now with uh, Diablo, where they're doing the stress test and they're releasing all these keys. It'll be like that for Miss Pandaria when everybody gets yeah. in. And if anybody's offended that we keep bringing up WoW, I'm sorry, but you know we're WoW players and Diablo yeah. players. We're we're, we're gamers. gamers. <laughs> we're gamers. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, heck, I mentioned Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning, and, I, and I'm itching to go play that again right now. So. So we had to end the show so you can do yeah. that. <laughs> so scratch yeah. that itch. <laughs> yeah, but before I close out the show, um, one of my one of my favorite artists that's doing you know Diablo fan art, uh, Calavera six 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 on Deviant Art. He basically <laughs> kind of summed up the the reaction from you know a lot of the community in regards to the delay of Diablo three. We'll, we'll include the picture in the show notes, but it was and the heavens shall be delayed. <laughs> I love my that. Favorite, my favorite part is how the sort the female wizard is asleep on the table. It's my <laughs> favorite part. Yeah. They're all just looking at her like, come on, your turn. It's your turn, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, always, it's always a wizard or a mage, huh, Prisha? It is. It's always yeah. their fault. Yeah, so a wizard did it. That's why Diablo 3 is delayed. There you go. This this picture here just sums that right up. So, thank you everybody for listening to episode number nine of the Shattered Soulstone podcast. We are a Dawn Forge production, and we'd like to thank Medros for hosting the show. You can read the show blog or listen to our show archives at ShatteredSoulstone.com, and I highly 
recommend that you listen to our gaming nights and give us feedback on that. I want to know, I want to, I want to know if people appreciate the hours and hours and hours of editing that that I go through to get those things together. We do. I sure hope so because I'm going to keep doing them. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And, and we can be found on we, we can also be found on Stitcher Radio. I don't think I've ever actually mentioned that in our closing, but we can be found on Stitcher Radio. Some of you are already listening to us through that avenue. But you can follow us on Twitter. The show account is Shattered Stone. I am Nevik James. And Brazia is obviously Brazia Priest. And Jen is the Queen of Haiku. I did that again. You did it again. <laughs> you want to add the in front. It's just Queen of yes. Haiku, one word. Yes. So uh, we have a Facebook and a Google presence. And we cannot do this show without you. So send in your contributions, questions, and feedback to show at ShatteredSoulStone.com. So until next time, for me, for Jen, and for Brasia, you will find me asleep on a table, not playing my cards. Fresh investors. This has been a presentation of Dawn Forge, copyright 2012. Find great podcasts and more at thedawnforge.com.